Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matovu. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated Word, which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit to receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing Christ as your life. This is Pastor Dennis Matovu, worth hearing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> freedom reigns in this place. Shout Experience, experience in Christ. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in once again. This is Pastor Dennis Matovu, other from Kampala, Uganda, Freedom Experience Ministry, Experiencing Christ. We are here again by the grace of God. We have come to minister to you the word of life, the word of light the word of grace and reality for your enjoyment. We are bringing you Christ in all his inclusiveness in our episodes and series and this long time, time teaching. We are bringing you Christ and how to enjoy and experience Christ on a daily basis. We have, cap- we have covered some episodes behind and this is going to be our next ex- episode 16. We thank the Lord for the grace he has based upon us, giving us time to share and to bring out this wonderful revelation unto you wherever you are. Thank you for always tuning in. Please, one request we say and request of you is for you to share. Share our messages. Invite your friends. Uh, please in, uh, uh, inform your church members, your friends, uh, so that they come about, they come, they come to know uh, these wonderful teachings uh, that uh, God has given us in this in these seasons and these end times. Remember, we are preparing the body of Christ as He comes back. He wants to find the church ready for Him, fully complete, grown up into Him. Until we see that we are in that stature, mature in Christ, living out Christ, we are uh, the image of Christ, expressing Him. We are not going to rest. Because it is the Father's desire that we may be like His Son. And the only way to be like His Son is to take His Son as a portion daily. Eat Him, enjoy Him, leave Him, and move in Him. And always take Him as your portion. This is what we call experiencing Christ daily. This is Freedom Experience Ministry. I'm Pastor Dennis Matov. And I want to uh, prepare you for another portion today. Uh, yesterday we were talking about this Christ and now he has reconciled us he has reconciled all things to God, he has reconciled them to God and we saw in Colossians 1.20 our book which we are, read, are studying from, we saw that in verses 20 the Bible says that and through him all to reconcile all things to him making peace through the blood of his cross through him whether things 
on earth all things in heaven so we see that there was a reconciliation and this reconciliation was through Jesus Christ as the means he was the active instrument through which the reconciliation was processed but we also saw that also the reconciliation was to make peace with God for all things including things in heaven and things on earth and that required his blood where necessary to remit sins and uh, uh, to remove sins on the cross it also included peace with God by reconciliation because we are enemies the bible says in verse 21 that we are enemies uh, and in our minds by evil works we are enemies towards God so he had to reconcile us back so we saw yesterday that two things happened the first thing is that there was a redemption uh, by the blood on the cross and there, there was also a reconciliation so that we are no longer enemies of God so that means that we were both sinners and enemies of God but now we have been made friends of God children of God we are now in in Christ we are complete in Christ we have been made full we have been restored thank God for the work that he did on the cross today we want to uh, also continue to see we have a wonderful teaching today concerning how we are going to uh, see this expression Uh, Christ expressing God in creation. How does Christ expre- express God in creation? Remember in Colossians 1:15 uh it talks about him being the image of the invisible God. Uh Colossians 1:15 says that who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So Christ is the image of the invisible God and this means that Christ is the expression if you want to know about God Christ has has come to define God to express God to to uh interpret God to us to tell us what God is all about because he's the one that is the very expression of the unseen God now we need to ask ourselves uh in what way does Christ express God how does Christ express God so It is simple he expresses God in creation everything you see in the old creation and in the new creation they are all the manifestation the expression of God and the way Christ expresses God is not uh, just as uh, Christ does not express God in creation simply by creating all things in an objective way that is being outside whatever is creating no If Christ was only to represent God in, a, in, a, in an objective way as the creator not in the subjective means of creation of him being part of the creation then Christ would, could not express God in the right way he couldn't because if creation is the is the interpretation of what God is all about then Christ has got to be part of creation so we have got to keep this in mind that all things were created not by Christ but through Christ there are some prepositions that the King James version the Bible uh, in King James version uses but they are not properly rendered that's why we go to other translations like the Darby translation because uh, Darby in his translation he has a, a, he brings out the subjective meaning of uh, the proper Greek translation you see we have a challenge in the translations from uh, a, part, a part of as uh, from english to from greek to english from greek english to other languages from hebrew to so there there are some things uh, qualities that we lose we miss 
So as I tell you, uh, King James renders and uses the word by, but it's supposed to be through because all creation is created and it is through Christ all things are kept, they, they, they subsist. So we see that Christ is, is the active instrument through which creation is processed, all was processed. And in this process, God's power is expressed, is seen, is made manifest. You see? So when we read in Romans 1.20, the Bible says that the invisible things of him from the creation of the world being apprehended by the things made are clearly seen both his eternal power and divine nature. So in all created things, God's power is made manifest. And that's why the W translation of the Bible uses uh, the word creation bears the characteristics of Christ's uh, inherent power or intrinsic power. So creation bears the, the characteristics of Christ's power, meaning that Christ is part of the creation. And we are going to see this uh, and uh, that Christ is subjectively related to creation. He's not only a creator of created things, but he's also a creature, part of what he created, as we are going to see. Hallelujah. So, uh, we see that Christ is related to creation in a subjective way. Christ did not create the universe merely in an objective way as an objective creator. He did not, uh, so to speak, stand up apart and said and call everything into being as God the Father. No, on the contrary, we see that the process of creation took place in him. That is in the power of his person. Remember, John 1 says that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and through the word things were created. Now King James wants to use the word by him, but it's supposed to be through him. That's the proper rendering when you read the Derby translation, because the word by means that he is not part of what is creating, and the word through him means that he's part of what is creating, because whatever is creating is passing through him. That makes him to be become subjective to the creation that he created. So, we see that creation was processed in him. And this means that he was not simply an objective creator, but also the subjective instrument through which creation was processed. Now, we have got to see that creation bears the characteristics of Christ, Christ's central power. Everything you see as creation, there is power of Christ behind it. There's the power of God manifested behind it. And Christ, when Christ created the universe, uh, the Bible says that all things came into being through him, or all were created in him. Now, I've told you that the rendering of King James of by him is an objective, um, an objective and is uh, not good. It's not the better way of rendering. But the, the word through him and in him, these are subjective rendering and these are found in translations such that like uh, such as Derby uh, translation if you have never got it you get it and uh, there are also other translation but Derby translation has got the proper rendering of uh, these what these statements so for example I have told you that he is part of whatever he is creating he has in all things here he has um, whatever is created in Christ through Christ and ultimately unto Christ. 
all things are, when you read in verses, let's read verse uh, 16 of Colossians chapter 1. The Bible says that for now, King James will use for by him, but it's supposed to be for through him. So by him, we were, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created now by him is supposed to be through him and for him all in him so we see that all things have been created for him it is uh, and the better rendering is supposed to be unto him for him praise the lord so uh these are uh, these are uh, the word unto him is subjective other than by him so all things have been created in christ through christ and ultimately unto christ and these expressions indicate that Christ has a subjective relationship with whatever was created. So creation is not simply something for him, but creation was also something unto him. It was to be part of him. So this means that uh, it, it will end in Christ. Creation is supposed to end unto Christ, consummate in Christ. This is what the meaning of verse 16 is. So we see that uh, the word in, through, and these prepositions in, through, and unto, they are used by Paul to point out the subjective relationship of Christ to creation. Because if Christ is not subjectively related to the creation, meaning that means that we would not experience Christ as human beings. He would not be part of us because he would be a God outside us. Just as we have always thought that God is up there in heaven and we are this way on earth, we are supposed to obey his principles and observance and the law. We are supposed to fear him. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible talks about experiencing Christ. The Bible talks about enjoying Christ, taking him as food. He wants to be part of us. He taking him as, as, as water because he wants to be part of us. He wants us to be constituted and built up with him as the components of our food, as our diet. So it cannot be outside us. We have a God who is inside of us subjectively, whereas he is in heaven objectively. If you would ask me which God would you take, would you prefer, a God who is far from you or a God who lives within you, I will choose a God who is part of me, who understands me, who is subjective to my experiences. That's why Jesus says that in the world there are many tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have lived there. I know the experiences. I know what you are going through. You need a God who knows what you are going through. You need a God who is part of your life, part of your experiences, who, who is sympathetic with your weaknesses because he has ever been in such a situation. That's why God had to become flesh so that he becomes subjective to us. In a way, we are able to contact him, to enjoy him. Now, thank God, after the, pro the, the long process of uh, incarnation, crucifixion, death, resurrection, he has now come back into us in a subjective way, is able to enter us as the Lord Spirit, and we have the Spirit living in us for our enjoyment and experiencing. So, this is why I tell you, he is subjective in relationship to creation. Christ expresses God in creation. The only way we can know God is by looking at the creation that he has made, including you, who is the image of the invisible God who is now, uh, he says that let us create man in our image. So we, in creation, including the trees, including the flowers, including the 
animals, including the water, everything has got an aspect of the uh, manifestation of Christ. In other words, we can define God in uh, through his creation. That's why what Christ came to tell us, that the God who is your father, is you can, can be easily seen and understood clearly. When you look around yourself, you have the very uh, definition because he is related with the creation he created. Hallelujah. So, we see that another thing in verse 17 says in Colossians 1.17, the Bible says that, and he is before all things and by him all things consist. Now, you see, King James uses the word consist, but still the Bible says all things subsist together in him. Why would I pinpoint out these words? It's because they, they bury the meaning, they bury the, the, the enjoyment of experiencing Christ as the scripture states. If you check with the other translations, I've given you one which is Derby translation. It uses the word, all things subsist together in him. Now, this means that all things exist together uh, by Christ as the holding center. He is the holding center. He is the hub that holds everything. So for creation, for creation to subsist in Christ is uh, a further indication that Christ is part of whatever he created. Now, I want to stress out these three words that the different the difference between these three words. The first one is exist. The second one is consist. And the third one is subsist. Now, when we read Colossians 1.17, it does not say that all things exist in Christ. And neither does it say that all things consist in him, just like the King James Version rendered it. It says that all things subsist in him. The third word which is subsist. I'll define what is to exist. To exist is to be. A person is there, is existing, to be. But to consist is to be composed, all constituted, all built up of something. You consist. But when we use the word to subsist, it means to hold it together for existence. To hold it together. That is subsistence. So the proper rendering was supposed to be subsist according to the uh, the Derby translation and the meaning of these words in English. So when Christ says that uh, that uh, all things exist exist in Christ, it, it's not a proper rendering. All things consist in Him. It's not that makes Christ not to be part of whatever He is creating. But when He says that He is subsisting, it means that He holds them together. So that they exist is part of them holding them. So just like you know, if you have a, if you know of a bicycle, it has got two 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 tires, wheel tires, and the wheel with its rim, spokes and hubs. Then that is how it is. The story of Christ. We see that the spokes subsist together with the hub. If you know the hub, the middle uh, part that holds the the spokes, the spokes that connect to the rim of a bicycle. So uh, the, the, rim, the, the, the rim and this hub is connected with, by the spokes and the spokes subsist in the hub. So the only way the spokes would, to subsist is to be held together at the hub in the center of the wheel. That is the illustration that can illustrate Christ's relationship to creation. He is in the center as the hub. We are the spokes and other creations and the wheel is moving and everything is held together by the center who is Christ. And that's what it means to subsist in himself. 
So, and that is what we mean when we say that uh, Christ is through, everything is in Christ, through Christ, and unto Christ. So, that means that we should not, uh, nothing can separate, uh, Christ is not separate from his creation. So, all things are made by the power of Christ through him as the active instrument and unto him as the consummate God. And all things subsist. They are held together in him as they have. What does this mean? Meaning that even in your business, your business is subsisting. It subsists in Christ. Christ is holding your business. Christ is holding your marriage. Christ is holding your education. Christ is part of everything that you are doing as the one who is, subsist, who is holding. Remember the Bible told us in Hebrews 1.3 that he is upholding the universe by the power of his word. So he upholds everything subsists in him the way he upholds them so that they, are, they can exist. So this is what it means. This is what it means. And we see in verse 19, the Bible talks about the fullness. The fullness. And verse 19 says that, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Now the fullness here is virtually equivalent to the image that we read in verse 15. That means that the image of the invisible God is the full expression of the unseen God. And this is the fullness that uh, is dwelling in Christ. God the Father is the fullness that is dwelling in Jesus Christ. God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the riches of God, they are all dwelling in Christ bodily. So it pleased the Father, meaning that uh, this fullness is a person. This fullness is not things, all the riches, all the whatever God has got, but the fullness they are talking about here. They, the Bible says that for in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell. Now the word pleased to dwell means that the fullness is not a thing. It is a person who is pleased because things cannot be pleased. But it pleased the Father to have his fullness dwell in him. So meaning that the fullness is God and what and the riches that God have has got and the Holy Spirit and whatever is included in God, all these things they live and they are in Christ as the fullness of. So we see that uh, the, the fullness to dwell in Christ means that all the expression of God, all of his image was pleased to dwell in Christ. So, uh, and I've told you that this, this fullness is a person, is God himself that is, has chosen to dwell in Christ. There are some things that are complicated for a carnal mind to understand. The way God the Father accepts to dwell in Christ. Remember, when Christ was on earth, he says that the Father is in me. So it pleases the Father to have uh, a, a residence in Christ. Why? Because he all along God the Father has been looking for a home. He's looking for a temple. Now he finds the body of Christ and says, I'll live there. The way the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God resides in us. It, it pleases him to reside in us, to have himself live in us, just the, the way he was living in Christ. This is what we are. This is how big we are. This is how important we are in the eyes of God to carry him as, and for him to live in us, just as he lived in Christ. So this makes us to be a wonderful creature on earth. So sometimes we forget, you fear, you worry, you begin to look at things as if they are not they are against you. But I want you to remind, there's no 
The reason as to why we are bringing you such teachings in, uh, to go to the depth is that we want to bring Christ to, to, to your awareness that is in you. God is in you. You don't have to fear of whatever you are going through because you are this much greater and bigger. And the fullness of God, which is Christ, in Christ is now in you because you have Christ. That means that through Christ uh, and through Christ there is reconciliation and uh, everything is for him. Everything has come to him. And this is the fullness and is a person who is pleased to dwell in Christ. And this Christ is dwelling in you and you are dwelling in Christ. So this means that the fullness of the Godhead is living in you still. Thank God for that. The Bible says in 1920, Colossians 1, says that it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they, they be things in, on earth or things in heaven. And I says that, and you that were sometimes alienated and, and enemies in your minds by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. So here he has reconciled us, as we have said. Now he wants us to be part of whatever he is. He wants us to be reconciled and remain in that reconciliation. And the Bible says that we are given a means of reconciliation. That is in Second uh, Corinthians 15. When you read uh, from verses, sorry, Second Corinthians 5, uh, then verse 19, 20 there, you'll find that they're talking about the ministry we have received to reconcile others as just as we have been reconciled. So let us talk about uh, this expression of God that, uh, that, that has got all things that are rich and uh, the riches that are in this expression. So the expression of God in all his rich being want to see. This is how we understand the breadth of Christ and the riches of Christ. The Christ revealed in Colossians is all-inclusive is not only God but also the firstborn of creation and all things come into being in him and through him and we have seen also that all things are unto him and they subsist in him therefore that means that through Jesus Christ is expressed all that God is you want to know about God and what is of God you have got to seek Christ you have got to pursue Christ examine him take him as your portion then you enjoy the fullness that is in Christ and you see that these riches are of what God has and what and, and the full expression of, of the riches will be found in you also. Just that is our prayer that we have this full expression of God even in our day to the life so that we enjoy the riches of this invisible God who has chosen to manifest himself through his son Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So this is a life for us to live. This is a life for us to enjoy. This is what Christ has done for us. He has brought us the new creation. And he has brought us into his father. And now he is upholding us. He's part of the creation. He's part of us now. He's part of whatever we see in the universe. When we consider the universe and the church, the old creation and the new creation, we see all the fullness of the triune God. We begin to to behold the expression of the triune God. And this is the fullness. And he says, the fullness which, who is God the Father was pleased to dwell in the Son and to reconcile all things to himself for his expression. 
meaning that if God the Father is in the Son, and and the Son has reconciled all things back to Himself, meaning including you and me, we are now also part of this fullness because we live in Him, we move in Him, we have our being in Him. So we have seen also that this Son of the Father's love, which is Jesus Christ, is also the image of this invisible God. The Bible has told us He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, and we see that. This image of God is the expression of God. It's not only the image, but it's also defining God to us, explaining God to us, uh, uh, expressing God to us, showing us who God is, and now He is uh, what is all about Him. And let me tell you, if a person doesn't have an Im- a physical form or an image, it cannot be expressed. That means that if God is a person just like us. We have got to have, we have got to see that person. That's why God had to become flesh. That's why Christ had to live on earth, was incarnated, so that He shows us that I'm in your very image, just like Genesis says that we are created in the image of God. He says, "Let us make man in our own image." So they had an image. They wanted us to understand the image. They first created us in that image, but we were not sure whether we are the very image. Until Christ comes in the very image and says, "Now, as you see me, you have seen the Father." Meaning that the Father is just like us; is is a person just like us. He has got a physical. Jesus Christ has got a physical form that that represents the image of the invisible Father. So, because Jesus Christ has got the the form, the physical form, an image, a body, then the Father, who is a spirit, is pleased to live in that body because uh, your spirit is living in your body too. So a person is better expressed through his physical image. We can know that this is this is this is Dennis after seeing him as the, either in a picture or himself physically. So even God wants us to know him. Although God is invisible, he is expressed through his image, and this image is Jesus Christ, the Son of His Father, the Father's love. So this is what we call uh, expressing the image. Of the invisible God, and this power is Christ as the image of the invisible God. He's the one that is living in us, so we have to enjoy Him. We are to take Him as our portion and everything. We are to know that Christ is a, is living in us in a subjective way. He is living in you and me in a subjective way, uh, and uh, we have got to be in this relationship, which is between Him and uh, the creation. Which is between creation and Christ, and because of of the process of creation, and because of the goal and the consummation of creation, He has chosen to become subjective. Why? Because there is a process of creation, and there is a reason as to why there is creation. There is a goal. Everything that is created is pointing to some somewhere. It's pointing somewhere and must end somewhere, and it must it must end in Christ. Everything must started with God. It must end with God, so it cannot start and end in God unless, at a certain point, God became part of the creation through Jesus Christ, so that the process is easy. For example, God wouldn't come from heaven as a spirit and just enter us before confirming to us that He has been a body who is now transmitting to become a spirit in His initial stage. So, I want to tell you. 
These are depths that bring the experience of Christ. These are secrets that bring brings the, the enjoyment of Christ for us to know that we are not only our creation, but we are also part of the Creator. And the Creator has chosen to be part of the creation. Glory to God. We know that now we cannot separate Christ from the creation. He is the image of the invisible God, but is also part of the creation. So, here we see in these verses that Christ is the creator, and it means that as, uh, uh, and is also the creation. He is the creator, and is also the means of creation. So, Christ is both things. Christ is God, and Christ is Christ as a, crea a creation. So as God is a creator, he was the creator, he created the things, uh, but as Christ he is God's anointed one, the one who is appointed to carry out a certain work. So that makes him to become a creation. So as God is anointed and appointed one, Christ comes to carry out God's commission. He came and said that the Father has sent me to carry out some work. So as God, Christ is the creator. He is the one that created the earth. But he was the instrument that was used. He was the means of creation. He was not a creator, just like God the Father who was outside what he was creating. But Christ in his, as a creator, he was a creator who also was also part of the creation. That's why the, the word was there in the beginning. It was God, it was with God, and he was participating in the creation. So, as God, uh, we have seen that God, God, as God, Christ is the creator, but as Christ, he is the instrument, he is the means of creation. Can we go back to John chapter 1 verse 3? You see that when we read John chapter 1 verse 3, it emphasizes that uh, uh, he is the, 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 the uh, by him all things were created. But as I told you, the proper rendering is supposed to be through him all things were created. The preposition that is was is properly used is supposed to be through him. Hallelujah. So uh, let us read John chapter 1, verse 3. Now you, you are going to begin to uh, decide to study from several Bible translations so that you get the clear, clear picture somewhere. King James is good, so good, but uh, you have got to know that. You have got to read other translations to have proper renderings. And uh, whereas, just just like other translations, they refer to King James for their uh, stability. Now look at verse 3. The Bible says that all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, in, when you read in other translations, it says that all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So we shall go with the word that says through him. That's a proper rendering that causes subjective experience. By him makes him to be outside what he's doing. And that is objective. So we have seen that Colossians 1.16 has told us the process of creation was carried out in Christ. And also through Christ. And also unto Christ. So this means that uh, the instrument through which creation was made came uh, was was made it and came into existence was Christ so the question is how Christ the image of God becomes uh, part of whatever is creating and to express that which he has created 
we have seen and we have found out in several verses in Colossians that he became part of the creation but uh, Christ is as the image of God is also related to the process and the goal of creation he is the firstborn of creation and is uh, the one uh, to to, the, to be the firstborn of creation and also is the substance of creation and also is the firstborn among all those that are dead so that's how Christ begins to become part of what he created that means that he was he was God and was also the creation itself this if we understand it will bring our enjoyment now we, Christ will be we will be consumable if Christ is not only a creator and we are creation we cannot consume him he cannot be part of us in every in every way but if he's part of the creation then we can uh, uh, join ourselves with the, with him as the cre- part of the creation and then he brings God into us and as as is bring you into God so this is supposed to be like that the question is how does Christ the image of the invisible God express God I have told you that as the son of the father's love he expresses the triune God because he is the one through whom both the old creation and the new creation came into being so the only way Christ expresses the invisible God by living out as the uh, being part of the creation so that we can we can we can understand we can uh, define God we can see God the triune God in Christ as the creation so this makes him to 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 to, to easily explain to us the father so that we understand the father by him becoming becoming all other good all other creation that we see is the tree is the leaves is the water is the bread is the is man is every is the lion is so he becomes those things so that he shows us the very very many uh, expressions of god so meaning that every creature we see was created with a part with some power and some attributes of god in it um, if you begin to see all the creation so this is uh this is so much for us to to read and understand so that we may grasp the mind of Christ and the mind of God Christ being the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation the firstborn from among the dead and this is the father's will that we may also be part of that Christ and we are included in him we have been made full and he is the one that was in the beginning yet Christ has no beginning as God yet he has got a beginning as a creation so these things we have got to be knowing why god chooses to bring us to such things because christ as god he has no beginning but christ as the the the, the creation he is the firstborn of creation and he, that has got a beginning so we have got to set aside our natural concept and believe the pure word of god and praise the lord that the all inclusive christ is full, the full expression of the triune god so this is for you to see and to take as your portion i believe that you are taking it in in the name of jesus christ in the name of jesus christ so this is the christ we are to enjoy this is the christ we are to take this is the christ that we are to be uh, taking as a portion on daily basis so as i wind up the, in this teaching i wanted you to 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 be clear of what we have seen uh, today 
our major emphasis was to show you that he has become subjectively is subjectively related to us because if he was not subjectively related to you and me he would not be consumable we could not enjoy him he would remain an objective god who is in heaven who is who is to be feared you see a god who, who could not understand and sympathize with our weaknesses but because he's also a creator who has been uh, like who has come on earth then uh, to become uh, to interpret god for us to live within us and so that we may uh, um acquaint ourselves with him so that we may know that it is possible for us to to come into god the father in other words he has provided the way he's the channel where we pass god passes through christ to enter us and we pass through christ to enter god so because he is not only a creator but is also a creation and when you say that christ is not a creation then you are uh, you are refusing to believe several scriptures and you are not going to realize you're not going to experience god and that is a wrong doctrine to say that christ is not a creation christ is a creature at the same time christ is a create the creator when you say that he is a creature is not a creator still you are you are going astray christ is god himself is the creator he is both you cannot separate the two he is supposed to be both the creator and the creation when you see this vision you will begin to see that there is more for you to discover every day you are to take christ as your portion learn a portion of christ take him on a daily basis let him be infused in you be filled in you be saturated in you as your all inclusive christ and this is how you are going to enjoy christ in all his entirety glory to god remember the bible told us we are complete in him we have been made full in him that means that if you have been lacking then continue to enter and dissolve in christ so that you don't just learn about christ as a mere doctrine but take christ as your daily experience as a practice take christ as your practice live him move him speak him think him eat him dress him put on him walk in him everything is seen in the bible you see take him as your everything as your make him to be the reality of all other shadows make him to be the real light the real life the real breath the real water the real bread the real tree the real food the real clothes the bible says put on christ the real land because the bible says walk in walk in christ be rooted in him that is an aspect whereby it typifies the land so christ is everything and thank god that if when he wanted us to enjoy the father he reconciled us back to him today we are one with the father we are inseparable the bible says we are unblameable he has presented us holy and without blemish this is who we are the devil does not want people to come to this knowledge he wants to keep them from ignorance that's why the bible says that uh, uh, if you uh, continue in my in my teachings you are my disciples indeed and you shall know that truth and the truth shall set you free then he continues to say that was john chapter 8 31:32 but when you come to uh, timothy 2:34 he says that uh, it is pleasing to the father he wants all people to get saved but also to come to the full knowledge of the truth 
Some people have got half knowledge of that truth. The Lord wants us to take full knowledge of that truth. And what is full knowledge of the truth? To go deeper to such a level whereby, come like the way we have come, to know that Christ is for us to enjoy. Christ is for us to experience. Christ is for us to take as our portion on a daily basis. I'll read for you again a scripture that I read in the beginning of this series, which is in Psalms 16. Psalm 16, uh, the psalmist had seen a vision. And uh, we pray that even us, the church of Christ, should see such a vision. The Bible says in Psalm 16, um, let's begin from verses, verses 5. 5. It says, uh, The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. You maintain my lot. He says, the lions are falling unto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a goodly heritage. We have a heritage. And, and the psalmist says, the lions are falling unto us in pleasant places. In other words, when you are drawing lines of your demarcations, of your portion, of your inheritance, the Lord has, has caused the lions to fall in pleasant places so that you have your portion, which is totally belongs belong, belong, belong to you. So, you have got to rest in hope. He says, I have set the, uh, verses 7, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reigns also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. So, we are also people to, uh, we are also be, to be people who set the Lord always before us. Even when you are reading your Bible, say, Jesus, I am reading you. You are my Bible. You are the word of God. Even when you are, you are going to school doing exams, say, Father, I thank you are my wisdom to do these exams. Even when you are doing business, Father, thank you because you make you teach my hands to make profit or to do business. You begin to put Christ in everything because this is the reason as why he has reconciled back into the glory of the Father. We are reconciled through him and uh, we have been brought back so that we may enjoy some of us, we have come back, but we are not, we are not yet enjoying, we are not seeing, seeing this Christ as a, a wonderful vision. So, we pray that this is grasped by every believer. Whoever has accepted Jesus Christ, begin to see Christ as your land to possess. I told you in the beginning that there is a difference between entering the land and possessing the land. And also there is a, a difference between possessing the land and enjoying the land, all experiencing the land. So we have got to see that we continue in Christ, remain in Him, be built up in Him, be grounded in Him, be formed in Him. Let us see that we become like Him because we need to be what Christ is to us. We are no longer enemies unto, unto Christ. We have been made friends. We are friends. We are no longer enemies before the sight of God. And as, just as Christ is expressing God, he has called us to express him. That's why the church lives to express the, in, the, the head, which is Christ. The work of the church and the body of Christ is to express the head, to hold, to hold the head. So if we don't know that uh, Christ is the expression of God, then we cannot also express Christ. The process is like this. Christ is the image of of God. Yet the church is the image of Christ. Man is the 
Christ is the head of Christ. Uh, God is the head of Christ, yet um, Christ is the head of man. And also, man is the head of a woman. So there is a process. There is a process that we have got to keep on seeing in our day-to-day life. We cannot represent Christ in our teaching. We cannot represent Christ in our ministries if we don't know him as the very expression. If we don't understand the depth of this expression. We have got to take Christ to be part of our lives. He's supposed to be part of you. We don't, we don't preach Christ who is outside us. We are preaching a Christ who is part of us. And we endeavor daily to see that every place in us, every part of your body is saturated with this Christ. He must saturate our minds. He must saturate our ears. He must saturate our eyes. He must saturate our mouth. Every part of us must be saturated with Christ. In that way, we are going to be the very express image of Christ. And when Christ is glorified, He's going to glorify you. And if Christ is seen, He's going to to, to cause you to be seen before His Father. So our duty is to take Him, become Him, express Him. But you cannot express that which you have not experienced, that which you have not received that which you have not enjoyed, you can't. Some people cannot express Christ because they don't have Christ in them. They believed him and is outside them, is not part of them. But we have got to be people who speak from Christ, who minister from Christ. You get a flow from Christ and you begin to see this life flowing into others. This is why Jesus says that uh, whoever believes in me, come and drink of this water. Whoever drinks of this water out of his bellies, shall flow rivers of water. In other words, he wants us to drink of him as the waters. Then as we drink of him, then we begin to issue out that which we have eaten. Just like we are issuing out that which we have received in this wonderful vision of experiencing Christ. So, this is what we call freedom experience. You have been called to freedom so that you may enjoy freedom and also experience Christ and take him as your portion. Then what happens? Then take him to the nations. Dispense him to the nations. Express him to the nations. Become the image of Christ. From today, I want you to be the image of Christ. Expressing what Christ is in your life. And the Lord shall richly bless you. The Bible says that all things are kept and are subsisting in him. Then that means that if I go for Christ, my business is going to be kept. If I have Christ... If Christ is upholding your family, then no devil will enter. If Christ is upholding your wife, then nothing will go wrong with your wife. If if Christ is upholding your husband, then you will not mess up. So we need him. We need to apply him in our day-to-day life. You need to tell him, Jesus, you uphold my business. You uphold my education. You uphold my ministry. You uphold my family. Then nothing shall be uh, shall come across shall come near your, your family and your, your, your acquaintances. So this is what we call experiencing Christ. So as I wind up, I want you to take it in your mind. He is a, for us to subjectively enjoy. Christ is now enjoyable. Christ is now eatable. Christ is now drinkable. Christ is now wearable. Christ is now breathable because he's heir to us. He's not a, a person who is in heaven far from us whereby you have to open 
open, uh, lift our eyes in heaven and say, Father, come and help me. He's also very subjective in you by the Lord Spirit. He lives in us for our enjoyment. He is the He has the person who He says, I live in you. That's why Paul says that for to me to live is Christ. The life I live in me is the life of Christ, not mine. Because there's a person who is living in us today. And that person is called the Lord Jesus Christ. When you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Jesus who is the, the pneumatic Christ, who is the Spirit Christ. You see, I use the word Spirit Christ because He is the Lord Spirit. He has turned into a spirit. He has come back to you as another comforter. Uh, the same comforter, just like the one who was before crucifixion. He has come back to us. He lives in us. Don't think that he's far from you. He, will, he is within you. He is in you. He wants you to know that. Come to that knowledge. Then you will not fear evil. You will pass through the, the valley of the shadow of death. You fear no evil. You don't worry of what to eat. You always talk to him, Father, I know that you provide because Christ is everything to me. And I see opportunities coming my way today. I see victory coming my way today. Then begin to encourage yourself with wonderful scriptures. And this is what the grace of God will do in our lives if we see such a vision. God bless you. This is Pastor Dennis Madov, all the way from Kampala, Uganda, Freedom Experience Ministry. We love you. We pray for you. We believe that you reach a stature that, that Christ desires. Remember, Paul said in Colossians, he labors. I read for you that verse before I wind up. We labor just as Paul labors, labored. He said that when he was given a ministry of revealing Christ, his ministry was to reveal Christ that was in him. Remember in Galatians he said, Christ was revealed in me. He was formed in me. He was, so he is magnified in Philippians. But here it says that there is a Christ in us. He says that, um, and he is the head of the body which is, uh, we are in Colossians 127. He says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach. Paul says he was preaching Christ. Whom we preach, and he says that, and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So this is our task. This is supposed to be your task. If you are not a pastor, you are not a prophet, you are not an apostle, you are not an evangelist, you are a believer, whatever ministry you do in church, do your best to, to be a person who is presented perfect in the eyes of God one day. We are not going to be perfected in gifts, no. In talents, no. In worldly things, no. We are supposed to be perfected in this Christ. So my prayer for you is that pursue Christ. Understand Christ. Know Christ. Love Christ. Live Christ. Move Christ. This is the will of God. Paul says, I labor. I want to teach. To teach Christ. I want to preach Christ. In all wisdom. I want to teach every man in all wisdom. God is going to give us all the wisdom that we need so that we may preach Christ. He's going to give us that wisdom. He says that he wants to present every man perfect in Jesus Christ. He says in verse 29, Therefore I also labor, 
where unto I, I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. He says, I labor for Christ. I labor to present this Christ. I do whatever it takes. He says, I strive, meaning it's not easy to bring out Christ and teach out Christ. Why? Because people like other doctrines. They like other teachings that are enticing, that cause them happiness, that uh, cheers them. Some teachings, that, preachings that stimulate them, stirs them, and they are like invigorated. I tell you, one thing is needed. And that thing which is needed is for you to know that there is a Christ in you. In our next message, we shall take you deeper to find what it means to minister him in our dispensation. God bless you. We love you. Follow us on our website at freedomexperienceministry.org. There are several teachings, devotions, and all the, the episodes you have missed, you will find them there. You are, you, are, you are free to download them. And uh, we pray that you follow us, sign up with us, get daily devotions, listen to our radio at Freedom Experience Radio, listen uh, to our teachings. God will richly bless you. Write us, contact us. And even you, if you want to become a blessing to us, you can be. It is good for you to bless us so that we may continue in this ministry. You visit our website and uh, uh, you, you check the, the donation page, the give page. The procedures are there. Whether you have uh, any form of, of transfer is there. I, I believe that the Lord is going to bless you. God bless you. We love you. We believe in you. In Jesus' mighty name. Bye-bye. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, log on to our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus 256-703-89-0009. Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power of revelation, and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.